This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, bring it in, everyone. Bring it in. Bring it in, boys. Bring it in. Or step up. Step up, actually. Yeah. Step up, everybody. Yeah, step up. Time to step up. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the DMVR Nuggets podcast. No matter what. Rain, snow, shine, wind, loss. Even in shine. That's unbelievable. Even in shine. Even in shine. He's got a good attitude. Sunny, optimistic day. That's a real team We're presented, as always, by DraftKings Sportsbook. You might not see him on our screen just yet, but they will appear any moment right there above my head. Use promo code DMVR whenever you sign up. I got D-Line in the house with me. Let's go, guys. I'm ready to talk about the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what's on my sheet today. We're going to talk about yeah, them. Segment one, two, and three. Yeah, and maybe four. And then over here, I got Brendan Vote. What's up, fellas? We got to speak with Michael Malone today. Adam and I got to rewatch the game. So it's it's a good next day show. We've got new stuff to talk about, and I'm ready to go onward from the disappointment, you know? Um. So that's... I mean, I guess we can get to hangover takes. Let's get to them first. We'll get right. to... Uh, We'll get to um, the notes from practice. I guess it wasn't technically practice today. Right. Players had the option of coming in. I imagine most players they came were. in. Did you yeah. check the garage? What's that? Were they? They were all there. I didn't check the garage. Yeah, it was. They practiced. They were there. They totally okay. practiced. You saw everybody's Toyota Tercels in the uh, yeah, lot. You're like, you're, <laughs> like, you're like, I've seen that Ford Festiva before. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I knew that was it. <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll get. Let's start with some hangover takes. And I want to start here. The big news today is that Nikola Jokic is not going to be suspended. Oh, yeah, there's the hangover right there. Thank goodness Jokic gracious. not suspended. He did get fined $25,000. It doesn't sound like there is any update for uh, Ishbia. I don't mean, I'm assuming that means he was not fined or whatever. Um, my first hangover take, you know, the idea of a hangover take is you wake up with, like, regret oh, or, you know, like, what, what did, I, did tweet? I make last night? What did I tweet? The one thing I'll say is that and this is the nature of reacting to a show in real time with like don't even have all the latest when I'm hosting I don't see any updates or anything like that. We barely watched the game. The fury that was directed at the incident is 100% overblown saying by me. Yeah. Under the assumption that the fear of Jokic being suspended yes. was real. <laughs> if he was suspended, the reaction would have been underselling. The incident. <laughs> the fact that he is basically no penalty. I mean, $25,000 is really... It's more in principle, I'm sure. Yeah. Yoke hates losing money. He got real pouty the one time he lost $50,000. He was very pouty for like a week, if you recall. That's, I do recall. He, that was before he signed the richest deal in NBA history, though. Well, that is true. <laughs> and it wasn't... Changed. It also wasn't the playoffs, so hopefully... He was like, that's a horse. That's <laughs> they find me one horse. That's actually how the NBA front office. If this money doesn't mean nothing, can you imagine if there was a committee that just determined like, we took Dreamcatcher? Yeah, I'm sorry, man. That <laughs> was a real bad mistake you had, and uh, <laughs> bloodlust in his eyes. <laughs> um, so anyway, so now you kind of step back from it and go. That incident was annoying. Kind of funny, <laughs> in some ways. It obviously didn't work Noteworthy. out for Denver. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm glad that this is like there's a period at the end of that sentence. It's yes. over now. It's out. And I suspect it won't be a thing we keep bringing up. 
Yeah, I mean, I like I woke up this morning, sort of cooler heads prevail. Even last night, I was like obviously incensed, and I <clears throat> sent off as many incendiary Matt Ishbia tweets as I could think of. <laughs> and then I woke I up this morning, you. and then I was like, "There's no way." And then he himself tweeted that he didn't want there to be a, it, like. Because I was like, okay, we're going to find out a lot about this guy. Like, because he has presented himself as like a win at all costs kind of, uh, we're, we're going to win. Like, and he could have come out and been like, I'm, we need to suspend this guy. I won't <laughs> sit. You know what I mean? He really could have been a hardo about this and like, in, like, been insistent that they suspend him. He could have, truthfully. Um, and so I was like, bro, I can't, I can't live in a world where this guy is going to act in this way and be an NBA owner when there's so few. But he said that, you know, he came out in a magnanimous way and like the rest of us uh, with his hangover take was like, what the hell happened? <laughs> and he was like, just, we got to We can't, we can't, uh, you know, hamstring this series. It's too incredible. So good on you, Matt Ishbia. I rescind all of my, all of my tweets, even though I didn't delete a single one of them, <laughs> but you do rescind them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, do you have any... Only that I I'm, I felt similarly in that when I woke up, I regretted a little bit how much I, I let that stuff be a part of my night. And so, a focus yeah. of my coverage. Not that it didn't happen. Like, some well, of it has to be talked about. big goddamn deal. But I do think, without trying to sound too annoying, there was some great basketball in the third quarter. Yeah. And I think I might have failed to appreciate Kale, some of it in the moment because I was just... <laughs> I was just stewing over some stuff that really doesn't matter, including some of the reaction online. So I'm glad it's over with because there's plenty of good basketball stuff to talk about. Right. Obviously, very big deal that he will play in game five. Yeah. We can go onward now. And then the other thing I would say is, you know, there, the two-minute report came out. I haven't seen I only saw Harrison Wynn's tweet, so I don't know. Sometimes a guy, and I'm not trying to put Harrison on blast, but sometimes a guy will be like, the refs say they missed this call. In the final minutes. And then it's like, yeah, the refs also said they missed like six calls on the Nuggets. Right. But you only highlighted the one missed call. So I don't know what the actual turnout was. But I will say the play that was obvious was the jump ball. Yeah. And, and it actually is the most annoying one to me. Now, look, the Nuggets were down three. Jokic lost the ball to he be in that position. Ball, yeah. But then there was a jump ball. So I don't think you can be too upset about one play. This was a There's so many other things when we go back and watch. But that one play to me is like a little bit of an annoying one where Jokic had it, man. He outjumped him. And he got like dragged down. And if I'm a ref, it's the only thing you're looking for. Yeah. You know what I mean? On a jump ball, it's like, okay, well, I got to make sure that nobody cheats the jump ball in any way. And to miss that one was pretty frustrating. And then I will say, to add a little insult to injury, Ed Malloy, Jokic comes running over to Ed Malloy afterwards, being like, he grabs me. And Ed Malloy goes, like, kind of gives him this one, like, get out of here, like a man. A little pat on the back, a condescending like, yeah. little And it's pat like, on no, man, you missed a very key play that was right in front of your eyes. But nonetheless, that is basketball. I. That's just like it could have easily happened the other way, and Denver got away with one. But it is what it is. Um, let's go to some other hangover. Oh, and by the way, one last thing on the Ishbia thing: the reason, just to kind of give a perspective, the broadcast ended the show talking about Jokic needing to be suspended. Yeah, David Aldridge, Mark Spears. There was people on the timeline advocating for it. So when you start the show, you're going off of this. Is there momentum carrying this like narrative that there's this? So you're almost pushing back even harder to be like, guys, this would be absolutely absurd. But again, a moot point, thank God. Uh, we just did a rewatch. I'm going to tell you the things that stand out to me. I'll start with this. I'm still very encouraged by, about the series. I think Denver, um, 
I still like Denver in the series. I think it's theirs to win or theirs to lose, meaning I think if they do, they are the team that I think can reach the, if both teams reach their peak, I think Denver wins. Um, what I've noticed in, a, in game two, in game three, four on rewatch, one, obviously the shot making was incredible, but it was incredible both ways, even Murray. Um, I'm a little less frustrated with Murray after the rewatch offensively. This series may call for, sometimes a series calls for a more robust style of offense, meaning I think they don't want the ball to get popping because that's where Denver gets three-pointers. That's where Denver gets everybody involved. So do you swim upstream? I asked Michael Malone this today at practice. Do you swim upstream and say, no, we want to get everyone involved, even though that's the thing they're shading towards taking away? Or do you take the path of least resistance and say, if they're going to single-team Yoke, he can do 50 again? I, I honest to God believe Jokic can have 50 points in Game 5 if that's what this moment calls for. That's repeatable to me, the way they guarded him. Murray definitely was gunning in this game, but I actually thought outside of the first quarter he was an effective gunner. I think so, too, particularly in the fourth quarter rewatch. He he actually did get a lot of those mid-post shots over Shamit that were money every time. Um I thought in the first half it was after a game. Sometimes we say, "Well, was the offense the problem or the defense the problem?" And upon rewatch, I was struck at how the two obviously bleed into each other. There were some possessions where, you know, Murray just decides it's his time at the rim, misses the shot, or it's a fadeaway jumper, and those misses seemingly all turned into fast break opportunities. Well, that's the big thing. So transition to me was the big story, and it's funny because it was a point of emphasis coming into yes. Game 4. It was a big story in Game 3. It was a big story in Game 4, so you start to worry, is Denver incapable physically or mentally, execution-wise? Are they incapable of slowing the fast break? I don't think that's the case. But to your point, most of the fast breaks were Murray mistakes, meaning either Murray missed a shot at the rim. If a point guard misses a shot at the rim... It's actually the it's like a turnover. It's like a turnover. And so Murray missing shots at the rim led to Booker hitting shots at the other direction. But then there were also just weird mistakes, man, on guys getting back. It wasn't even a fast break, but guys just didn't match up or something. There was one where Porter was left on him. And it's like, how does that happen? How does that you happen know? on After a make a basket yeah, that yeah. you guys don't get matched up at the half court? So I'm encouraged by the fact that the margin in this game was so thin. I think some of the stuff, a lot of the stuff Denver does is very repeatable. There's areas for positive regression, like Michael Porter didn't shoot well. KCP continues to struggle. The bench maybe has some things to figure out. But I'm also mostly encouraged in the Suns, as great as they are, don't score half-court basketball like the Nuggets do, but they get out and transition a little bit better. And I just think Denver's at home is going to be a little bit more locked in on that. What do you think, D-Line? I do think so. I mean... <clears throat> You know, I, I have not rewatched it, I'll say that, but um, just in sort of ruminating on the series to this point, um, it just seems like the the strengths of each team have been highlighted in their home building and have and the weaknesses of each team have been highlighted in the away building. And, um, you know, like the Nuggets could most assuredly, I mean, like especially now, you know, we're going into now game five, it's clear that that's what the Suns want to do. They want to push the pace. They want to get out in transition for obvious reasons. Um, but I feel like the Nuggets now, you know, they understand that and they have a, a chance to sort of take a breath and be like, okay, you know, maybe we need to look at our personnel. Maybe we need to look at just our general, uh, you know, approach to offense and everything. But I mean, this game, like this last game was so close. It was just really a razor's. Uh, edge as far as the margin is concerned. I mean, it really, 
I mean, Nikola Jokic down three had the ball in his hands and he just dropped it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the wildest thing ever. Um, and they weren't going to stop him. They showed the previous 25, 35 possessions in a row. They can't stop him if he decides he wants to score. So with, in, with respect to the question specifically about transition, I mean, I, I just feel like they can, you can make adjustments to that, you know, like you can like really, I think though, though it was a point of emphasis though, is the only thing that concerns me is that it was coming out of game three. It was Booker had more points in transition than isolation. We got to shut that down. And then for him to kind of have a repeat performance where he was getting out on the break makes you a little concerned. And then I'll say that to me, they look at the wildest part of the series. I can't say I'm surprised. They play their two guys more minutes than Denver plays their guys. And yet they look fresher. And that part is a little bit scary that when you talk about transition, I think some of this is the Nuggets are just tired, man. Yeah. They're just really, really tired. Booker's and, sprinting out there. And I would say Jamal Murray is very tired. He's just really sluggish. He's going to have to dig deep in these upcoming games, not to go toe-to-toe in the shot making, but to go toe-to-toe in transition and in defense and on rebounds and, and those types of things. I mean, one of the biggest plays of the game was Booker missing a shot, getting the offensive rebound board. with two minutes to go. That was unreal. And it's just one of those ones where you're like, that's Come a guy that on. just had a little bit more Like in right the over tank. Christian, right? No, it was over uh, KCP, actually. Right. KCP did a good job of contesting the shot, kind of flies by him. A little bit of a lucky bounce, but again, Booker in that moment looked like the game had just started. KCP at that moment looked like he had just run a marathon. So There was also at least one possession... Gordon and Porter are both going for the offensive board. No, neither gets it, and then it's right. just like a break with numbers so on the other end. Um, so so that's basketball. There that, was a lot of 50-50 bounces. That'll happen so. sometimes too, but I also wonder if that's the kind of thing you can take a look at and film and just say, look, like this calls for you here. This doesn't. Um, re- re-emphasizing the transition stuff. But it goes both ways too. I mean, Denver – actually – Denver was Jokic was so good and the offensive Dude. rating was so good, but it's kind of crazy rewatching. Like there are some pretty good defensive possessions from Phoenix as well. Yeah. Um, and I just think Denver's who's been a great running team on both ends of the ball. Well, offensively for most of the season, they're not getting a lot of easy stuff in transition themselves. So again, this stuff all bleeds into each other. You can make either side of the floor easier for yourself by playing better on either end. It's all stuff I expect them to clean up a bit at home, but they had a lot of discipline in that games one through two, and they had they, that part of it fell off a cliff. Last part of it, I wonder too. Some light whistles in Phoenix in both ways early. In transition, it looked like KCP and Jamal were afraid to touch Booker as well, and uh, I don't think they can be. They got to pick him up. They got to be a little more physical. We'll see if that changes in Denver. How the game is officiated. Sometimes it's like there's pluses and minuses on both sides. I think this is one where. Uh, Light whistle, tick attack whistle favors Phoenix a lot. Yep. Uh, not, you know, uh, we're going to let them play favors Denver a lot. So every spot along that spectrum that it shifts one way or the other gives one team a major advantage, I think, in this series. So Denver, if you're not, if you're going to let those guys play rumble tumble, Yoke's going to bully ball all those guys. Oh, yeah. And if you make it ticky tack, nobody's going to stop Booker and he's going to shoot 90% again. So, um, uh, and, and again, that's just every ref's different. Every, the, the refs, I feel, don't know what they're going to be when they go into a game. It just happens, and they're like, oh, we got to be this or that. Uh, then lastly, I see some people saying Murray needs to like let the game come to him. It's very obvious that the Suns are trying to take away KCP, Michael Porter, and Aaron Gordon. 
And it's at the expense of Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, where they're basically saying we're daring you guys to play the two-man game, which Denver's great at, or go one-on-one, which those two guys are also great at. And again, 132 offensive rating, and that was with a terrible bench offense. That The real rating with those guys is even higher. So I don't know that I agree. After going through rewatch, it's important to get those guys going, but Michael Porter had his shots in this one. It wasn't as many shots as he would like. I think we all like the Nuggets best when the ball is popping and everybody's eating. But if they're going to guard it one way, Yoke's going to go for 50 again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's and Porter has to be two things. A, willing to just do that because they are glued to him, even yeah. for the shots he's not hitting. And that's, again, we'll touch on this. The starter minutes going well for Denver, even in Phoenix. So it's like, oh, we're willing to let Jokic beat us. Jokic is beating them. Yeah. So part of it is being content with that. The other thing is, as hard as it is to be a guy who's sort of frozen out and then you have to hit a big shot, Porter was two of nine from three. Some of those are shots he has to make. So help yourself out. Hit the shots you do get. Easier said than done. Um, but, you know, Malone touched on this. They were two for 18 in wide open threes. Yeah, It's like... Not only was Jokic doing his thing, they also left a lot of points on the board. I think that was over two games. Was that two, over, over yeah, two? Yeah, it's over, over two, two games. games two of Phoenix. 18 or whatever. Thank you. Over two games in Phoenix. Um, and that's a lot of that is KCP and Michael too, right? So they, they just have to hit the shots as they come. The, but we, we do, so just really quick, we're spending so much time unpacking a lot of the offense. And it is important to remember, like, the offense is going really well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The way I remember Mike last night is that he, his shots were like sort of, they, he wasn't getting fed the ball a lot. So he was like insistent on shooting when he got the ball. And there were times where his feet were not set, when he was leaning one way, falling out of bounds. And it was like, and some of these you're like, I also remember him missing wide open shots, but like some of them were forced to. Yeah, like he the, hadn't touched. We were just talking yeah. about the one you're talking about falling out of bounds. Yes. That was like a, I haven't touched the ball in yeah, a couple I'm, minutes, guys. I'm, I'm going shooting to it. shoot yeah. this right, and you're like, what if you didn't? Yeah, or what if you like passed it? And whatever. It but, is part of sacrifice. Look, I want the Nuggets to get those guys involved, and I do think there's things you can you can do, but at the same time. Jokic being guarded by Jock Landale one-on-one with no helpers, I'm sorry. That's the best option. Go to it. If the Murray-Jokic two-man game when everyone's going to stay home and those two players have to guard it two-on-two, again, I'm comfortable with it. And Murray even hit good shots. I mean, his mistakes were elsewhere. I thought his defense was atrocious in this game. There were a lot of possessions where the energy and effort just didn't match the moment. And it was most disappointing in the fourth quarter where both he and Jeff Green had a run out on a shooter that was like, do you guys realize the season is on the line yeah. with the effort that was given there? And so, and that brings us to what is the real story of game four and is the real story of this series. And that is the bench didn't just play poorly. They played disastrous basketball that the first and second stint, it wasn't one or the other. They got killed. And I actually think on rewatch, this is going to sound crazy. I think it's an offensive problem. The reason I say that is you've got to have something that settles you down so that you can get back and get set on defense. What I thought happened was this is where the two things play together. Denver kept having bad offensive process because they don't really have guys they rely on there and not and were missing shots. And that's where all the transition was happening. Not all, but I would bet two-thirds of the transition came against the bench because the bench couldn't not only not score, they had to stretch themselves so thin just to get a semi-good shot that they were compromised in transition. Mm-hmm. So to me, 
the double teaming scheme, the stuff that I really emphasized last night is there, and I think Denver is going to have a choice. We'll talk about that in the next segment about whether they want to double at the end or try to play it straight up or change certain details or what have you. But the bigger thing is that second unit can't be as inept as it was in both stints. I worry that the Suns are very comfortable attacking it. I worry that the Suns... There's something, too, just confidence of, all right, even if they guard me well, it's Bruce Brown. I know what I'm doing here. And I think there's a little bit of that going on with that group right now in a way that they got to score or they got to get stops because right now it's snowballing. One one thing about the stops, though, too, is, you know, obviously the non-yoke minutes typically matched up with other bench players from Phoenix. Those role players, bench players, better offensively back at home in Phoenix, hitting a lot of those yeah. shots. Yep. That could be misses in Denver that are opportunity to get yep. out and run. You know, Bruce Brown, who's been like insatiable attacking the rim when he can, Eric, yep. didn't really get any of those opportunities because they weren't getting stops either. Yeah, man, the bench felt, felt like those bench minutes felt incredibly sticky last night. Like there was just, there were moments where it's like, I don't even know what they're supposed to do. Like On offense? Yeah, yeah. Like Bruce Brown has the ball. He's like dribbling around the top of the of the arc. And it's like, what is somebody supposed to cut? Like, what do we, like, what is the desired outcome here? Right. I don't even know. Like Bruce Brown can maybe like force the issue and, and drive downhill every now and again. But like, you can't count on that being the only source of offense. Christian Brown has been a complete, offensive no-show i mean he's a rookie and he's put in there for i mean he's playing purposes. exactly how i'd expect exactly him to play exactly on offense. I, yeah i don't mean to, as that as an indictment but jeff green has has looked every bit his age um and it's it's you're just like I, and the, the craziest thing is that we're seeing that thing that we saw earlier in the year when jamal was out there with like bones and you're like shouldn't jamal be like controlling this portion of the right. game and he's just not and i think like, he might be too tired though and again that's like, what it is a lot of is and by the way nuggets were up nine points when they handed it off to the bench and that bench i don't did i don't believe that bench involved jamal murray i think he that was the non-murray bench minutes and it just didn't happen but when i say it's an offensive problem what i really mean is it's not a one end of the court problem if you have to if they score on you you take the ball out of the net you walk it up you play against a half court defense and to your point Bruce, Christian, KCP, none of those guys are creators or point guards. They're not exactly the best shooting trio, you know, whatever. And then Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon, well, it's not an ISO player, not really a pick-and-roll partner. So half-court offense is rough. Then if you get half-court offense that's rough, it leads to transition defense, exactly. which you're getting scored on. So it's snowballing. They have to address one side or the other in a way that makes an impact, or else they're going to keep cannibalizing themselves. And there's no other scorer in that lineup, and so there's so much attention on Jamal not just in turning the corner, but then even if he gets to the paint, like it's been Jeff Green in the corners. And, um, Ke you know, whether yep. it's Kevin Durant or whoever, he's very content. He knows what the choice is there. You right. let Ke Jeff Green take that shot. Um, and there has been a little bit, man, like I don't want to – I think it's bigger than just the weakest link being weak. But that's part of the Jeff thing right now is like, well, the defense isn't great. Some of the closeouts are terrible. He's not rebounding. And then offensively, he's also compromising them. So I don't know if it's getting Porter with the bench, changing who's playing off the bench. But some of it is like, yeah, Murray just needs to be better. But also the court, the, the geometry is horrendous. The spacing's horrendous. And I don't know how much that would change with present personnel. So, you know, some adjustments are in order as well, of course. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, we'll get to some of the things Michael Malone had to say today, which I thought were pretty interesting. And then later on in the show, segment three, I want to look at what I expect to be the battlegrounds and where Denver wins in game five. 
Bacchus and Shanker, Colorado's premier two-man game. They've been saving and winning for Colorado families for over 25 years. How much have they won? Over $1 billion for their clients. The neat part is there's no fee while they work on your case. There's no fee until they win your case. And buddy, they do do some winning over there. Uh, even more locations serving all of Colorado now, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Englewood, Fort Collins. Bacchus and Shanker, uh, that's the name power right there, but there's also manpower, strength and power at Bacchus and Shanker to help you win your case. More than 30 lawyers and 100 folks on staff, in addition to uh, the namesake fellas there. They help with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault, car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks, even if you're injured at work. Call them, 222-2222. One more time on that yep. number. What is it? The number two. Sure. Call them. Find out if you have a case for free. Bacchus and Shanker, they win. Uh, oh my goodness gracious! Is uh, is Manscaped back? Oh, We're back, baby. Smokes. Summer's coming. I don't know about you guys. I'm feeling ready to unveil my beach bod. Yeah, Manscaped dude. is. Are you? Do, do it now. Yeah. Uh, wait. Um. <laughs> the light's a little bright in here. Manscaped is here to ensure your body's ready for the wild with their game-changing full-body grooming and hygiene products. Don't be the guy at the beach with Austin Powers chest hair. Uh, and if you grew some winter man boobs, the least you can do is make sure they're hairless. You know what I mean? Hell it's yeah. time to get ready for the hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code DNVR. The Performance Package 4.0, including the Lawnmower 4.0. They've also got a new Weed Whacker. Weed Hell Whacker yeah, 2.0. Me, Eric Weedham, appreciates that very much. Get some thick nose hair. Sometimes you got to go whacking, you know what <laughs> I mean? Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code DNVR at manscaped.com. One more time, 20% off plus free shipping with code DNVR at manscaped.com. Alrighty, back here, segment two. We did have a Denver Nuggets practice today and that the players came in, probably did a little film study, maybe a little weight stuff um, ahead of game five tomorrow night. Why don't you lead us off on some notes? It was only Michael Malone who spoke to the media today. It was rather brief, and I will say, almost no media there. Yeah, it was a light crowd. It was a brief session, and Malone was, I don't want to say short, very matter-of-fact, very business-like. I didn't... A lot of didn't, briefs. It was a very monotone, you know? Well, to be honest with you, how many hours do you think he slept between mm. the buzzer of last game and, and the presser today? Not, very few would, I would be guess my guess. 45 minutes. He seemed like a tired fella um, who has a lot to look at right now and a lot to address. Let's get into it. Obviously, Devin Booker's scoring a lot of points in Phoenix. You probably noticed that. I noticed the same thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, Malone pointed that notes. out, but yeah. I, I, Malone I, I, pointed I, out that he had it. close to 18 points in transition alone. You got to take away some of the easy ones. Um, in the second half, he only took, was it seven shots, I think? Uh, and that was the first game last night where getting the ball out of his hands hurt us. Obviously, the Shamit shots. You accomplish one goal of getting the ball out of his hands, but then you don't have great rotations or urgency to get out to a guy like Shamit, who is a three-point shooter. So there's a little bit of um, kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Do you try that again? Do you make a great score, beat you one-on-one? -on -one? Again, they liked the idea of getting the ball out of his hands through three games, but this game four is the first time it really came back to bite him. He says, we're still trying, out, still trying to find out the best way to slow him down. So this textures what I think is the most interesting decision for the Nuggets in game five. The scheme that they've basically had for this whole series has had mixed results. I think the Suns have gotten better at attack. It was one case you could make, and I saw somebody, I think a Suns fan in the chat, make this point. Suns are getting better every game. feel like they're really coming together. <laughs> I think what it is, another perspective of it would be 
Role players made their shots yep. against the scheme in Phoenix, and they didn't in Denver. Now, does that trend? Which one of those two trends is most likely to be true? Right. Is it just that Phoenix is getting more comfortable in a scheme? What I would say is, when you think about <laughs> you guard Booker one on one, and he scored at an insane rate in this game. He's playing at an incredible level. Tip your hat to him. Then if you double him, they're even more comfortable breaking that double team and getting three-pointers. So now the question becomes, do you just say, hey, Devin Booker might go for 17 points in the fourth quarter, mostly off of one-on-one contested two-pointers, or do we continue to double, swing it, knowing that it's the risk of an open three-pointer, but albeit from a lesser player now on the road? That decision, I don't think... I don't anybody that tells you they know the answer to that yeah. question is lying to you. But the one thing that gives me solace is when I rewatched the game, the most disappointing part of all of it was that Denver's rotations were just so lazy. Their reads on defense were so lazy. And I'll point out two guys that I think are the biggest culprits. One is Jamal Murray. He's got to be better. He's too tired. I'm going to have one on the list whenever I put it together tonight where he's the weak side tag guy. The ball's going to the corner and his effort. I mean, it's you watch it and you go. Does he not realize that this is the fourth quarter of a series that's about to be tied? That's the level of engagement he brought. There was another one by Jeff Green where you almost wonder, like, does he care? <laughs> yeah. almost gave, it was almost Mason Plumley in the bubble energy where well, you're man. just like, bro, you realize that's that's an important <laughs> shot, right? He's like, I'm like, trying to go home. And he's just kind of, uh, you're like, <laughs> like Will, so. Will Barton post injury? <laughs> the hips just stuck. He yeah. Turn. So part of me wonders, like, does Denver stick to that? Do you feel better? Going into a game, you said tied fourth quarter. Do you feel better, Eric, coming home saying, all right, let's see if TJ Warren and Landry Shamit can make the skip past three, albeit semi-open, on the road in a tie game? Or do you say, let's see if Booker can continue and KD can continue to score one-on-one pull-up mid-rangers at a rate higher than the Jokic-Murray two-man game? I mean, you want to mix that up, right? I mean, I would feel much more comfortable with... Landry Shamit and TJ Warren in Denver trying to replicate what they did in Phoenix. I mean, this is the a tale as old as time itself about role players on the road in the playoffs. Like people say it over and over. It's absolutely true. But three, it's a math problem, really, Adam. <laughs> three is worth more than two. Um, By the way, remember the Suns have a math problem? Killing Denver in the math problem. The Nuggets have a math problem. Nuggets have a math problem. What the hell? But but Nuggets I think they're gonna win the series and they're gonna be like, well, there's the math problem. Like, the ah! They were under man. The Suns were under man. Um, but, I mean, I feel confident that if we're going blow for blow, two for two, two, two if we go back as in Jacob, yeah. two, 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 KD and, and Book can score, but they can't stop Jokic. So it's like it just kind of washes itself. Like if it plays out the same way it did this last game, it's like, all right, you score, I score, you score, I score. Only they were hitting threes. But they hit threes. Therein lies the math problem. Man. But I do believe that... If you are, if I mean truly, if you're building your house on the idea that Landry Shamit is going to bring you home, and T.J. Warren are going to bring you home every game, not in Phoenix, like I, that, that feels uh, a little tenuous to me. At best. Where, where I'm going to push back on it for one thing is, if you know where your shot is coming from, these are NBA players. Landry Shamit can shoot; he's a good shooter. Sure. If you know. And this is the shots that I thought Shamit got in this game. It was a lot of, I'm in the corner. Oh, here's that thing where the ball's going to come, and then the ball swings, swings, swings. So it's not like, oh, crap, I caught the ball, and I got to go up. It's, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes, whatever. And that's the thing where Denver has to get better at the execution so it is harder than that. 
I think there are things. Devin Booker was very crafty. I have to, I have to tip my hat to him because it wasn't just the scoring that was so yes, impressive. Absolutely, it was. He understood exactly what Denver's defense was. There was this great play in the fourth quarter where he dribble. He's trying to drag the double team over, and Jokic is the double. And he drags it over and acts like he's going to back off, so Jokic backs off. And then he attacks again, so Jokic, as he's releasing to get everybody to rotate back, has to stop mid-rotation and come back to him. And it was just masterful from Booker, Jokic-esque, in that he wasn't doing anything other than yo-yoing Jokic, making Jokic have to like guess when to stay and when to go. And you talk about not fighting the game knowing when early help was coming, even when it wasn't Jokic, just dragging everyone as far as he could to the sideline and then knowing that skip pass was there. And obviously one of the shooters or decision makers is Kevin Durant. That's a good look. So it was so... It wasn't just, oh, I could score 70 tonight and I'm shooting over everyone. Like, he played brilliant basketball. Yeah. He, he, looked, he looked really prepared for what Denver wanted to do to him. I'm of two minds about it. On one hand, you know, their strategy... There were some wide open threes for Ross and Warren that they clanked. And you're like, yeah, man, like you'll live with that, especially when the series comes back to Denver. Even a guy like Shamit, who is a better shooter, does he make all of those shots? On the other, uh, it is, and I'm very easy to say in hindsight, but let's go to the math. I do think you kind of have to look at the score. With the way Jokic was scoring in that game, it did feel like those threes hurt more right. than Booker Durant scoring right. too. This is all really easy to say watching the tape. The thing that stands out to me, though, is even with his greatest sham it was in the clutch, those he had half his points in the clutch, but he also had these other halves randomly throughout the game that are the ones to me that are the most like, if he makes those in Denver, tip your hat to him, but I just don't think he's going to make I feel that way too. quick and trigger threes. Some of this is just guys stepping up in the playoffs too, right? Malone and his staff have to look at what they can do better. You really have, you want some context, man. They hated Shamit in Phoenix this year. They oh, couldn't yeah. wait to get that guy out of the rotation. He hasn't hit those shots all year. He hit them in the playoffs. Remember when Austin Rivers scored 30 points? Like, right. stuff happens. So, totally. Uh, I do agree there's some of it. Like, you got to make them do it again in Denver. But the biggest thing is you mix it up. You mix it up, and it has to be timely. And I think that situation maybe didn't call for it. But if you do it, last layer, the rotations have to be better. Jeff and Jamal looked exhausted. Aaron Gordon had one where he helped one pass off from KD with like six seconds left that like, I get you're trying to help, but of course he's hitting that three. So there's little stuff they can clean up too. Um, I'm of the perspective coming back to Denver, you make Warren and Ross and, and, and Shamit beat you. The thing I'll say is, so to summarize, I'm not sure the offense is in, I, I think the process is going to be a lot of Murray and Jokic. And some of that is just like, you take what the game is giving you and they are overloading on the other things saying, let's see if these guys can beat us. And to be honest with you, 53 points, they just about did. If it weren't for the defense, to me, the defense is the issue. And then you get into to double or not, I think you still double. You just got to be way better and more engaged yeah. and have more energy on that end. And then a couple other tweaks, which include possible personnel moves. Let's talk about that on the other side. Oh, we're doing a break? <laughs> okay, cool. All right. Uh, no, I'm actually super ready for this Let's one. Go, dude. Let's go, Let's talk yeah. about Illegal Pete's. Oh, yeah. I did not take my budgets to Illegal Pete's today yet. Oh, the man. day is young. Uh, when I go to Illegal Pete's, there's a couple of things. There's a few things that I'm ready for. Buddies, of course. Sure. Burritos. Okay. And then beer. Gotcha. Maybe you're a Marg person or, or a Taquito person. Mm. You can get those at Illegal Pete's, too. Okay. What about a fountain drink? Yeah, you can get that, bro. Okay. Yeah, that sounds you can good. Get asking that. about the fountain drink. You can <laughs> also get... They have horchata there, too. You know, They do like have horchata. A house beer bucket because it's patio season. Denver, this is when Denver really shines. 
Get your buds to Pete's. Grab five refreshing 16-ounce beers for 15 bucks. Come on, it doesn't get better than that. Soak up the sun with a loaded burrito and a crisp beer on the patio of any illegal Pete's location. Your go-to spots for burritos, buddies, and beer. DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook. And right now, the chase for the NBA title is in full swing. All the best in the NBA battle it out. You can watch Dev and D-Line and us uh, give you some good tips on oh, the yeah. pregame show. You might lose money. You might sure. win money. That's why they call it gambling, Eric. Yeah, man. Otherwise, it would just be called a job. That's right. Although, paid. wait, what's this? A little caveat. Uh. The No Sweat Same Game Parlay? Open up the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place the same game parlay on any NBA game. If your bet loses, they'll give you a bonus bet back in the amount of your initial bet up to 10 dollars uh so check out DraftKings sportsbook for the line on game four that's my DraftKings sportsbook pick of the week or game five excuse me my pick of the week um which i don't have to give but i'm doing it anyway they're winning game five let's go download the app now sign up with code dnvr new customers can make a five dollar bet score 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings sportsbook with code dnvr gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in massachusetts call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org in new york call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text hope new york 467-369 in kansas call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of boot hill casino and resort 21 or older in most eligible states but age varies by jurisdiction eligibility restrictions apply see those show notes for offer details see draftkings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Woo, I feel like we should re- we should pre-record that and then like spin it out like the micro machine man. That might be a good idea. Yeah. Um, segment <laughs> three here. You guys want to know one thing I've been thinking about? Sure. Over the uh, last night about the chicks? nuggets. Oh. <laughs> chicks, man. <laughs> um, the regular season really is a joke. I know. You know, like it sucks. It's it, so true. Though. There's nothing you can do about it. But when you watch the playoffs and what an intense, high skill, high leverage, strategic game it is with all these little micro details and stuff, and then you think about how in the regular season you're just like jogging up and down the court and everything else. This <laughs> basketball is so insane. And I love the thing I'll say is Jokic, my favorite comp to him is Will Hunting. And just, I'm serious in <laughs> that know. how, like, the stuff is so easy. Like, the regular season is him being handed the math assignments where he's like, gosh, you guys know this stuff sucks for me. It's boring. Right, like, right. whatever. That's yoke. And then you get into the playoffs, and I honestly think it's on, the only thing he wants. Like, if Jokic could retire today, except for the playoffs. Don't even put that in the year. I'm saying if he could, except he for the to. playoffs, he'd be like, oh, wait, I only have to show up for oh, the yeah, playoffs? He's like Brett Favre every year being like, yeah. training camp. He's like, that's <laughs> the stuff I like. That's where basketball's fun to me because it's a challenge and I have to go. And that's why he plays at such an insanely high levels because this basketball actually requires it. A Jokic super team might be impossible. You give him Giannis and he will turn in the worst October you've ever <laughs> seen so in your true. life. Dude, we've, we've said this over and over. Jokic the greatest player on earth slash the worst exhibition player to ever lace him up. <laughs> so true. He has to be, he just, it needs to matter for him to put in the requisite effort. The one thing I'll say, like, and it has to be hard. I just think that it has yeah. to be hard. Like he loves how hard it is. Yes. Oh, uh, never mind. Uh, the, 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 but the thing is, is that um, I just saw online over the last what's day or two, <laughs> what's going on online these days. I'll tell you, Please do. people are walking back and rescinding Jokic slander because we are in the postseason. They see what Nikola Jokic is actually capable of, who he actually is. 
you see, like if you just casually catch a Nuggets game, he rolls into your city, Memphis, or one of these other cities in the U.S. that I can't think of at this moment, uh, and he just like, you know, he gets like a triple-double, but it's like a 12-point, whatever. You're like, okay, he's yeah. good, whatever. You watch a game in a series where it's like a game like last night where it is clear that Jokic is like, oh, I have to score. Okay, I'm going to score 50 points. The game before, I need to pass. Okay, here's 14 assists. 17. 17 assists. <laughs> Just these, these things where you're like, Oh, I mean, like you want, like not to, you know, take away from a player like Devin Booker, who's having an all time historic unreal uh, run here in the playoffs. But it's you don't look to Devin Booker like, oh, book tonight. We need you to be a facilitator. It's no, like, he's doing we need yeah, you to score. Yeah. he. But to his credit, there is your ability to adapt to any situation and your ability to break. No matter how, nobody can stop you doing yes. the one like yeah. Shaq. That was Shaq, right? It wasn't that he was doing a million things. It's that the one thing he could do, you couldn't stop, and there was yes. just nothing you do about it. And I think Booker, I have to give him credit because he has been great, not just as a scorer, but as an everything. Totally, but man. at the same time, to your point, yes. he never has to become the off-ball guy. Or right, this. But like, but guy, like Jokic haters were like, oh, he can score 50 points if he wants oh, no. to. You know, there's only, I think, he's now the 14th player ever to score 53 in a playoff game. Like, and if you look at the list... The funniest name on there is Isaiah Thomas, who had that one insane year, if you remember. Was it 2017 or 16, wherever he just had it? He was an illegitimate MVP candidate. Um, he had a 53-point playoff game. Was it against Cleveland in a loss, I think? But outside of that, it's Michael Jordan, Wilt Chamberlain, yeah. you know, like Kobe Bryant. It's just a list of all the greatest scorers of all Kareem. time. And, and then you look at Jokic on that list. No centers. You know, Shaq didn't do it. Wild to think about. So his, you're right. Scrolling the timeline was one one of the better things of just being like, man, Yoke's really getting. He's converted some real skeptics. You know, it's not his even fault. Nick Wright has actually been on the like Jokic bandwagon, which is hilarious. Oh my god, it makes me crazy. Get off the bandwagon. By the way, Jokic, we rewatched really good defensively. We're talking yeah, about Denver's defense, and it's really perimeter stuff and scheme stuff. It is not Jokic, and maybe it could be if Phoenix needed it to be, but he's. He's holding his end of the bargain. That's the. It's actually the craziest thing is I don't really have a lot of defensive notes on Jokic. There's a few rebounds he's given up. Jock's tough, man. Jock's like really strong, but they're not attacking him. He's not the mark. He's not even involved. It's not pick and rolls where no, he man. is this or that. A lot of it is the double team and the skip or single coverage and Booker cooks. But Let's it's get not back to Malone though, right? Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, I know the chat's clamoring for ah! uh, for a different rotation, and oh we, yeah, we've got some one. news. Malone said that they're going to look at all options to fix the bench minutes, but that includes asking the question, who else can play? Mm. Could be Reggie Jackson, he, he mentioned. Started off. Could be Reggie Jackson, he mentioned. Okay. More ball handling. How does that, Eric, what does that do for you? Get another ball handler in there. They only really I, have two in the rotation. I mean, I'll say that I've seen Reggie Jackson be very dynamic in the playoffs. Perhaps he's, <laughs> perhaps he's cut from the same cloth as Nikola Jokic. I don't know. We'll find out. Okay, how about this one? They could use some defense. They could use some wings. There's a wing on the roster who defended them well in the well, regular no, just season. Say, just say how he said it. He goes, it could be Reggie Jackson. It could, it could be, be Peyton, Peyton Watson. Watson. could be Peyton Watson, who has defended them well, he said, in the regular season. Can I put my tinfoil hat on real quick, yeah. vote? This sounded to me like if I'm asking my wife where yeah, she would yeah. want to go <laughs> eat, and you throw out the bad option first. Yeah, it's like, like, 
We can go we to go Taco to Bell. Deli. Yeah, Jason's Deli. <laughs> or we could go to Pizza <laughs> and, and the media, you could almost hear us like Reggie Jackson. Oh. Yeah. Kane Watson. Oh. oh. That would be amazing um. if you guys just started reacting to every <laughs> sentence. Oh, oh, oh. Just giving him immediate feedback. Did Wait. he mention any other names? No, no. The names he mentioned were, were Reggie and Peyton. So. Yo, that's wild to me. All right, let's play this game real quick. I think Jeff Green has been really bad. I don't love the idea of his replacement. So when you first, the first question you have to answer is, are you going to double or are you going to single cover? Because it means you need a different person. If you're going to single cover more, Peyton Watson might be a good option just to see, just to see. And I've seen people say, you know, he was 14 of 18. Booker was like, what's the worst that could happen? He goes 15 of 18. Like at a certain point, yeah. it doesn't matter anymore. Um, the only other thing I would say is how would that move change their defense? Right now, they're single covering Yoke. Okay, would they start just not covering Peyton Watson? That's what I would do. I would just be completely unafraid of Peyton. Is Peyton prepared for that? No. Is Peyton prepared for what do I do when no one's guarding me but and I'm off ball? Maybe he's only playing the non-Jokic minutes as best you can control it, you know? <laughs> Punt on that offense, be like, we suck on offense. We need Man, You know what? Not a bad idea. This, that's what they did in the regular season. That's what they did in the regular yeah. season to, to great success. I would say... If I am Zeke Naji or Vladko Chanchar and I hear that, that I've been not only skipped over by Jeff Green, but then the rookie that has no, that played the, the last quarter of the season has jumped past me. I'm like, what do I have to do? Well, part of this is positionally, though, right? Those are power forwards. So that, uh, well, I mean, like Zeke Naji can play the four. And, the four, yeah. Uh, oh, but you're saying Peyton Watch play a five? No, Peyton Watson is like a two or a three. Peyton Watson would be the, we're not going to double. We're going to guard straight up, and let's see if Peyton Watson can guard Devin Booker and make an impact. Because Denver is giving both. It, late in games, they're doubling. If it's the double team, then what you need is a person on the backside who can both box out Jock Landale yep. or run out on the three with urgency and effectiveness to close out on that skip pass so it's not just wide open. I mean, green. I'm just looking at a straight replacement for Jeff Green. But that's point. but my like, point is Jeff like Green. If you are gonna if you're just gonna not trap, if you're just gonna switch everything and play one on one, Jeff Green's not a bad option for a five or four because he can switch and that works. If you're gonna double and rotate. He just doesn't have the motor or intensity that like does that, and he's not rebounding against Jock. The question is, if you're replacing that exact person, do you replace it with Zeke Naji? Well, Zeke's not exactly a great rebounder. He can be at times, man. There are times when we were like, Tenacious Zeke, he's really rebounding. He's got a lot of effort. Like, he's not consistent, but the Zeke and Vlatko are both guys that are like, you're like, man, they're really playing. They're doing well. And then they both get hurt, and then they're just like completely out of mind. Here's what I'll say, and it plays into your Peyton Watson point, though. The reason I don't trust Zeke is I'm just not convinced he can think the game. I think he struggles with the thinking part of the game in the regular season. This is like exam Do you trust time. Peyton Watson for that? I don't know. I don't know because we haven't seen him enough. I and I, I think it's actually... But, but, but oh, to your point, switch everything defense is just inherently simpler. There's fewer reads to make. It's just you got to guard your guy. And if you get screened, rub action, switch, and now the other guy has him. But it's not that complex. Arguably the biggest box they didn't check in the regular season or their, the, the failure of the regular season for a one seed was getting to this point and not feel, not feeling like you can trust those other guys or like they, that they would know to right. do in that spot. Chat saying Jack White. Look, he can't man, play. I, yeah. No, it's because he's a two-way. No, no, I was going to say. But also it's just <laughs> – it's like so – Defamatory. It would be one thing <laughs> if he played all season, you know what I mean? But it's, 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 that's a big – 
big turn, you know, switch. And also, he literally can't play. Did he um, block? Was it whose shot did he block at the room? Was it Kevin Durant's? Maybe. Do you remember he had that? I do, almost, and one he you got dunked on, and one he blocked, and I can't remember which was if it was KD or not. Probably not KD. Probably. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I can't, for I can some reason, it, it feels like it was KD, but I can't remember. Um, so I don't know if you make a switch here, and I don't know how it would be. I will say this. If it is Peyton Watson, it might not be as a Jeff Green replacement, but it might not be the worst to throw him out for a 90 second. Like the, yeah. the stretch at the end of the first quarter that is usually two minutes or less, that might be a good spot to put him out there. And then he pulls out. Then you take him out. Because will the Suns be prepared for Peyton Watson for four possessions? I don't know. And yeah. if they do adjust, is it like, come on. I, but if it's four possessions that you just have him working Booker and maybe it disrupts him for a little bit, see, it might work. This is where I'm at is that you have – the ability to make to at least cause a little confusion or a little uncertainty right. on the end. Like even if you're not completely hitching your bench minutes to one guy replacing him, we're saying P Watts our guy. Like, yeah, like just throw a little bit of unknown. I mean the 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 margins on these games have been so slim. Like, is it unthinkable that Peyton Watson can stop one Landry Shannon three? Right. That he could stop Kevin Durant from hitting one last second two point like just small things that you feel like you can work around the margins just a little bit and um i mean i think i'm i am with everybody else i mean this is a little bit of like the backup quarterback is everybody is the most popular guy in town totally is um but what we saw i mean he was exhilarating at the end of the season but i mean the end of the season is a complete joke so who knows what to make of any of that but i i you know i i just I am amazed that Vlatko Chanchar is not part of the rotation. Like, truly, like, I can't believe. Vlatko? Having seen what he's capable of in the international scene, what we saw from him when he was uh, really in rhythm and when he was really, before he got hurt, um, it was just so promising. And I, I, I hate that they've turned away from it completely. I don't know what kind of ramp up he needs. Like if he feels like he's ready, if he can step right in, we've seen sometimes when he comes back, it's like not as seamless as you would hope, but like Vladko's a player, like that guy's a player. And, um, this is a situation where Jeff green, great player, but like he's been around for a long time, man. He looks he looks older. It, the reason is is because he's older. <laughs> yeah. Somebody says here, the Suns bench is deeper than Nuggets, and it's showing. I mean, here's the thing: Akogi and Craig were terrible in Game One, as was Shamit. Right. Then they go to Campaign, who was terrible in Game Two, and Landell, who was good. So they tried five guys, bench yep. guys, and found one who was a positive impact. Then they go to Terrence Ross and T.J. Warren. T.J. Warren ends up being a positive impact guy. Then they go back to Shamit. So. So I, I would just counter this by saying yes and no. Like, I don't know that you could say definitively. They did, Coming into the series, not even Monty Williams was like, you know what, Jock Landell is the key to this series. He found it by going through the different processes of getting there. And so for Denver, is there a similar situation there? I don't know. We don't know. We've only Nobody else has played in the series. There's actually nobody else that has even been put out there except for the eight guys in it. Yep. So does Denver have it? If Phoenix would have just played the eight guys that they started the series with, Torrey Craig still out there, Okogi, we'd be saying the same thing. Like, oh, they're thin. They don't have I'll, it. I'll, Sometimes you have to experiment to find out. And then somebody I saw also laughing about the idea of, like, Suns not prepared for Peyton Watson. What are you talking about? It's not about 
are they capable of taking advantage of him? It's do you need a timeout to say, hey, this is Peyton Watson. He was on page eight of the scouting report. We didn't yeah, go right. over it. And here's how we attack him. And the answer is they 100% could do that. Peyton Watson's a rookie who's barely played. The question is, if you're only playing him for a two-minute stretch at the end of the first quarter in one game, does Phoenix just say, let's just play straight up and they don't take advantage of that? And turns out he gets a couple defensive stops or something. That's that's the question. And also coaching matters here. There are adjustments. It's not this simple. It can be this simple. Whose bench players looked better in Denver? Yeah. Denver's. Who's looked better in Phoenix? Phoenix's. Which, what are the last two games we saw? The games in Phoenix. Right now, Phoenix looks deeper. That could very well swing. Landry Shamit lost them game one and <laughs> sure won them game Dude, this, is, this is what it is to watch a basketball game or a basketball team over time. Like, there are nights when you're like, every nugget's good. I can't believe our depth. And you're like, we don't have anybody. No one can play. Yeah, just like, well, the thing I'll say, though, is that the playoffs is what makes such something so interesting is. The, the Suns don't have a foolproof system. They has have right now a system that is beating Denver's status quo. Right. And then you adjust to it, and then right. it's like, then they have to adjust, and it's that game of how many different iterations of yourself can you come up with on the fly that can solve the problems in front of you. And right now, the Suns at home solved the thing that Denver was hanging their hat on defensively. So does Denver adjust? Do they solve it on now that they have to come to Denver? We'll find out. Um, and then the last one, I've seen people say DeAndre Jordan. That's the one. When I say, is Phoenix prepared for Peyton Watson, it's more of, I don't know if they have a game plan that says, oh, here's what we're going to do to this guy. DeAndre Jordan, you do. Oh, yep. he's on the court. Pick and roll. He's in deep drop because that's the only coverage he can play. And now Devin Booker is shooting wide open jumpers from the foul line yep. because, de because the defense has to be so far down. So to me, that one, I don't think there's even a timeout. I don't think there's an anything. There's just a, oh, DeAndre's in. Spread out. Here we go with pick and roll, and let's play it. So I would be surprised if Malone went there. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I just, I am intrigued. I think that it's clear something needs to change, and I don't, I, I can't. The, the way that you're proposing, just as sort of like a, a wild card situation, like something to just have to react to in, in real time, seems like the obvious answer. Is? Yeah. Also, Peyton? Oh, Peyton, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, whoever the big is, like AG too, who has had a great playoffs for the most part, like they're getting destroyed. The backup front court, um, like they weren't rebounding well enough, they weren't protecting the rim. Jock was too much for them, and like I get that he maybe he's just too strong, but this is where Gordon has to dig deep and just be a beast. If he's on the floor, like that's that's your job, man. You know, between he and Jeff, it's just too easy for them to, you know even put back the misses they do generate. So right. they've got to be – some of it, too, it is okay to just say some players have to play better. You the know? last part I'll say about this that to me is huge, the Suns have played ahead from almost all of this game. Denver had that nine-point lead, yep. and they blew it in like one minute. Yep. And that's part of what's so painful because I do think playing from ahead makes everything Phoenix wants to do so much harder. It's so much harder for Landry Shamit. First of all, it's harder for Devin Booker to trust Landry Shaman if you're down six right. with two we're minutes like, to we go. Need this we like, need this or else this we go down. Great. Yeah, exactly. Up six, and if you hit this, we're up nine at home. That's a difference. So to me, Denver needs to build a lead, and they can't let the lead go as quickly as the bench did. Even if that bench goes in and slowly bleeds out six right. points over the course Stretch of six minutes or five minutes, it's fine. Just don't let them go on those 11-0 runs where you go from up nine to down two in the blink of an eye. Totally. Um, let's take a break. On the other side, we'll just go quickly around the association. I know we also have a couple super chats. Did you have another thing from Malone you wanted to get to? Um, 
No, moron. It's really mostly just about just call them a moron? when they double. Um, yeah, looking all the options <laughs> to fix bench minutes. I think we hit it. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's do the let's do the break then. That's also my job. Oh, hell yeah, and dude. I'm really prepared for this one as Man, well. Each one more prepared than the last. It's remarkable yeah, to see. It's weird how like I keep stretching how prepared I yeah, am. Yeah, it's like well. crazy. Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DMVR. They're Colorado, baby. We're Colorado. And if you're at the DMVR bar in York and Colfax, you have access to all the good stuff on draft, in can. Uh, Speaking of in the cans, how about the new beer release, the Mile High City Golden Ale? And it's an old retro look, fresh new taste. Look at that. Little graphic in the lower corner. Those cans look dope. The case looks dope. You drink it first, of course. Mm, I recommend taste that. Taste dope. Taste dope. But then you also can hang on to it if you want. Makes it for a good decoration in yeah, the man or yeah. woman cave. Yeah, I mean, like, don't let anyone tell you you can't decorate with trash. That's right, man. You can decorate with <laughs> trash. And if you don't know where to get the Mile High City Golden Ale, this is the fun part. Breck Brew invented a tool. It's called the Breck Brew Beer Locator. Mm, what tell, do? Well, you tell it what beer you want. Sure. Then you tell it where you currently are. Okay. And then it tells you where to go next in order to get that beer. What? Now that's technology. Uh, check out the Breck Beer Locator. Come check out Breck Brew at the DNVR bar on York and Colfax. Speaking of man or woman caves, one of the best ways to get all the swag up in that space is with FOCO because they're the leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. Best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. Uh, It's baseball season. Get those Aloha shirts. Now you're talking. Straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for the game. specifically to you? It is. I'm going to go get an Aloha (laughs) shirt. Uh, We always decorate the set with lots of cool FOCO stuff, uh, and they always have our back for Colorado sports, and they've got yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items use code dnvr you'll get 10 percent off that's at foco the leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise let's go let's go all right let's hit some super chats oh how many many we got oh what a nice little number bum fights (laughs) all right all right (laughs) wow (laughs) i want to stress that they paid for me to read what they said. Other than Jokic and Murray, I'm eyeing the rest of the Nuggets roster for my underground fights underneath Coors Field. Jesus, that got bad. Um, all right, let's go to the next one. Because they were certified bums. Yeah. All right. Lucas Navarrete. For that one. You I know like what? A, I appreciate it. I, yeah. like, I like it. I like, I, a the, I like a theme, Super Chat. Yeah, very themed. Yeah. He's created a, a Gmail account to be able to send that one. That's that's dedication, man. That's man. dedication. My man has a brand. Yeah, dude. And he worked it into a Nuggets Super yeah, Chat. Yeah, even though it's like like dystopian and brings out <laughs> oh, the worst part of humanity. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Thanks for the cash. Yeah. Next, time, next time, just Super Chat. Uh, go fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> Lucas Navarrete, go Nuggets all the way from Spain. Been a fan since 09, hoping to strike gold this year. Nuggets in six. I believe Lucas is the uh, SB Nation Real Madrid manager. Let's go. And uh, he's been joining us at DNVR Nuggets. Ghazi Benghazi, the best thing. (laughs) Come on, man. I'm just trying to read some super chats. Dude, where's our, where's our man post nut clarity? Yeah. At this point? Uh, the best thing, I'm, I'm done reading names. The best thing that happened to the Suns was the CP injury. The entire Suns bench was in the plus, plus 48. Nuggets bench, minus 37. I mean, that's how it works, man. Sometimes. Yeah, now you got to adjust. Uh, Luis F. Bueno. <laughs> super chat. 499 Mexican pesos. All right, man. Thanks, homie. What does that come out to? No idea. Cool. I, 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 roughly off the top of my head, $20,000. Yeah. 
that's a great. I think it? that's right. I think that's right as well. Uh, oh. Another super chat oh. from Taguchi24. Man, people are really struggling with the super chats today. I feel so bad. Well, either that or they just want to, you know, they just, they don't want to say anything. They just want to let us know that they exist. We see you. We Let's see go quickly you. around the association. You mentioned yourself, uh, you know, Jokic winning over the haters. Yes. There's been a stark contrast to Jokic and Embiid. Yes. Embiid had, and I can't believe they won. Is there no mercy in the universe? Uh, no. That game that they just played, game four, Harden carried poor Embiid, man. This is now a series where Harden wins game one without Embiid, wins game four despite Embiid. Um, it was kind of, it, I mean, not that, I'm not here to like trash on them because I don't really love Boston either, but I will say there is one little consolation prize to the Nuggets going 0-2 on the road so far, and that is that at least Yoke played well, and Embiid looks like both teams in that game in the fourth quarter just tried to draw fouls, and whatever you so gross. you really notice when the you take away off. the griffs, when you take away the foul drawing part, you realize how awkward a player can look, and that's what I thought of. Honestly, Harden, Embiid, Tatum, Dude. all the guys in the fourth quarter were like not trying to score, just trying to griff. I would say that the basketball gods are always watching, but they definitely tuned out during that game. Man, uh, well, I don't, I don't know. I just one. think the Celtics, the basketball gods were sitting there. It's the guy sweating with the two buttons, and that was where the basketball gods like, who do I have to reward here? I think they were just like, just let it, let it play out. Also, like they out. tried. It's just Tatum. <laughs> <Do> you, <laughs> can I tell you my favorite part of that game? Here's Tatum. So if you saw the game, it ends in a shot clock violation. Tatum dribbles <laughs> so the ball, stupid. and he said after the game, "quote." I should have passed it probably a second earlier. Yeah, I'd say quote. I'd say that yeah. is the single funniest use of the word probably I've yeah. ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, no, that's an absolute. Well, I'm not or certain just, he should have passed it before the shot clock expired. He should have shot the ball, is he or had yeah. a plan of any kind. Uh, there should have been a timeout. There's a lot of issues, uh, but I will I, say it in in my the one moment in my life where I will defend Joel Embiid. He's got that bulky. His knees. I know up. he's clearly hurt. He's he's he but. All the same, you, people saw the full range of Nikola Jokic yeah, versus that's, this is what it. we've seen—the full range of Joe. Like the full range of Joel Embiid is that he scores fifty points, right? Like right. that's incredible. Jokic also can score fifty points, but then that's literally that is what Joel Embiid has to right. offer. Jokic, like you just see a night like last night where you're like, "Oh my God, he is the sun, the moon, the stars. He is all these weird superlatives that we use all the time. And if you don't like us or like the Nuggets, you think we're weird nerds that we just like are focused on Jokic and we give him too much praise. But it's like we undersell the guy. I know we really do. I'm telling you, though, it, to, you have to watch Jokic. I know it's so pretentious to say, but you have to watch him more than once to get him. You, you have do. to watch the rhythm of game to game Dude. to game, the way he evolves to your point to I can beat you this way, I can beat you that. And if you watch like six games in a row, you get it. Dude, he's like the wire. You're like all, should I watch the wire? You're like all, starts off a little slow. <laughs> then it keeps going. You're like, just let see. You have to watch the first season. It's a little slow. Then it gets incredible. That's Jokic. Yeah. What but were we talking about? Uh, the Philly. wire. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I do think we're being a little harsh. Like sometimes you just got to tip your hat to an MVP performance. Like guys show up when they're needed. I thought Harden was great. In that game. <laughs> good solid, job, solid. Um, Harden actually was good, which is kind of annoying too. I like, cannot. The stand moment James you're like, Harden. hell yeah, Embiid was carried by James Harden. What are I we know. doing here? It really is where you're like, oh, ah, uh. Uh, or if they would have lost, like, oh, can't stop. 
Jason Tatum. Oh, that didn't feel good to say either. None of this feels good. Really, real Sophie's choice over there in the East Coast. The one thing I will say, though, Al Horford really has been playing an incredible defense. Uh, tip, tip your hat to him. And also, the East, I just don't think there's any teams that are better than the Suns. Like, the, the Warriors and Lakers, to me, look like the Suns caliber. The, the 76ers and, and uh, Celtics look like the Suns caliber, which is to say, not a game that Denver's, or a series that Denver would sweep any of them, this but does. also not one that's just like... This does feel like we're currently in the finals. I, I, well, I think all of them are equal, is what I'm saying. If you played a round robin, I think most teams would be 500 in all of this. So there's just such a good opportunity. If you go over to Nick's Heat, I don't have any notes. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. We need Harrison for this one. Nick's Heat, yeah. Um, <laughs> Warriors, Lakers, man, what an interesting series we have here. Lakers yeah. kind of beat the crap out of Dude, them in Game Three. They did. These they sure team, did. these are the most unserious teams in the end. Like the Warriors are, like we get mad at Denver because Denver takes nights off. Like the Warriors are. <laughs> an unstoppable force or a completely movable object. And yeah. it depends on who they like. Although I will say like watching that game, the warriors were in clear control and then like just the waterfall of technical fouls that started to be awarded to the <laughs> Lakers, just one after the next, after the next, after the next. And the Warriors got rattled. They never recovered from that insane run of just uh, nonsense grifting that the the Lakers were able to benefit from. But I, it's like just so. I just feel like the next game is going to be a blowout. The Warriors are going to blow out the Lakers, and then the Lakers are going to blow out the Warriors. It's like these teams. It's like, can you guys just like, like show? Like, what are you doing? Cracking show me up. up about that side of the bracket too is like as far as if you're looking for narratives and agendas. Were all of those teams better than we gave them credit for, or are none of them? I know <laughs> you know? can't tell yet. Like, I the don't Kings know. also had the worst defense in the playoffs. They never been there before, but the Warriors they took the Warriors to seven. Was that a Warriors triumph? We know nothing. You know, and now the Lakers are are the are the Warriors really good? You know, are the I don't know. It's hard to say. I will say, like I just want it. Come on, Nuggets, get us through this. I want all those okay. battles right now. He pulled that up from Zarko. Oh, he's traveling. He says he understands me completely. Sitting now at a Boston airport, they don't even offer good food. Overpriced and overrated. I love, I love Sarko. He's adopted all of our enemies. I love it so much. He's the best. <laughs> We've adopted uh, all his. He's adopted we all of ours. Like, if you actually get a chance to leave the airport, Sarko, oh Boston, a delightful city. It's a really cool, it's a cool city. Nothing a delightful more city. than your guys' East Coast. Like, uh, or if I love with you guys, scrub it's actually great internet. over there. Yeah. Um, I considered moving there my whole life. I'm not I, I hope you do. The the Jokic is now fifth in scoring in the NBA. He's averaging 31 points per game in the playoffs. He is shooting 53% from the field, I thought 47% from three, which wait, is Wait, I thought he was leading the, the playoffs. No, well, Devin Booker is 37 points per game. I thought the what I saw in this was, no in this round oh, you're this thinking round, in this, this round, round gotcha, yeah gotcha, Devin gotcha. Booker patted his stats in gotcha. round one yeah, stat pattern yeah, a little stat well actually Jokic and they're both averaging thirty seven in this second round somehow forty seven percent from three seventy eight percent now thirteen rebounds um, so if we go over here Jokic rebounds he is number three so fifth in scoring third in rebounds at thirteen a game second in assists nine point two per game he's almost averaging a thirty one point triple double in the playoffs on great efficiency. Isn't this insane? I think it's almost, you're right that people have actually noticed, so I don't want to go full disrespect. That'd be hilarious. You know, but there is a little bit, because I'm actually talking about us. 
you know, through the first two games, man, Denver, the Nuggets, they look great, you know? Mm -hmm. And then in Phoenix, oh, this Devin Booker is unstoppable. I know. Meanwhile, the whole time, Jokic, God, God numbers, godly numbers. Wilt Chamberlain in the regular season kind of numbers. In the playoffs, against the favorites to come out of the West, not taking anything away from Booker, who has in fact been every bit as transcendent as advertised. But it's the Jokic thing in the fullest effect of you're like, okay, yeah, he's qui he's quietly controlling this. And then you check the stats and you're like, not that quiet. Not quiet at what all. What is wild, though? There is that moment in every game where you watch Jokic, you're like, God, he's missing bunnies. Like, what is he doing? Oh, he's leading the game in scoring. And right, efficiency. I guess I'll shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that does it. We got a couple super chats that came in late. Let's get these and get out of here. Luis Bueno, guys, uh, Luis from Mexico. I went to the bar Another in November 20, 2022. Guards, yeah. hope to see you again in the finals. Yes. Thank you. Thank Another you. 20, Can you believe it? <laughs> that's a that's good, man. Why doesn't Malone draw more plays for MPJ to get him into the rhythm? MPJ is a rhythm shooter and needs it to get hot. What's your take? Kind of thought they, they made an effort in that last one. Or yeah. up up front and early. There were, yeah, it did start off that way for sure. But also we talked about this earlier in the show too. It's a bit does Porter have a point in terms of like the egalitarian utopia thing? Yes. But also is Denver's offense really sputtering? No. And also, but also it just seems like a lot of times that they're just playing read and react basketball, right? And they're not even drawing up a lot of plays. It seems like to me, like they're just kind of like Murray has the ball. I mean, there's a pick, simple pick, but it doesn't, I don't know. You tell me. I mean, they have, a, I mean, they have a few plays they run for MPJ. Look, they're, they're making a conscious defensive effort right now to funnel Denver towards Jokic and Murray. Yep. And like I said, 132 offensive rating. I mean, at what point do you say, right. if we change things up, it's not going to be better? Porter, some sometimes your series calls for you to be a bit more of a decoy and and then hit the threes when and then hit them. the threes. They, they're going to come to you. They're going to yeah. come to you. And I think for the most part, Porter's been good at this. I do think Murray can be a little bit better at getting off ball in certain situations. But again, Denver scored at an insane clip yesterday when Jokic and Murray were on the court. Steve Wynn. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Flow so Jay. Someone guard Shamit. What? We talked about that well, quite a lot as well. Again, scheme of Denver is forcing the ball to sham it the same yeah. way. De they're forcing Denver stars to score, and we're forcing their role players to try to catch the ball. So Jamal is 3-0 when he plays the whole first 3-3 three and three when he does not. Is this an indication that he's bad with the bench or an indication that the only... Uh, that he only plays the whole first when he's playing great? I think it's the more that Me Malone's more just audibles of like, how could I take this guy out? He's on fire. All right, that does it for today, guys. Thanks for tuning in, hanging out with us here um, on an off day. Big game tomorrow, biggest game of the year, hands down, no questions asked, 2-2, two -two, pivotal game five, not quite ready to call it a must win, but it's as close to a must win as anything that's happened for Denver so far this year. I'm looking forward to it. Um, home crowd, Ooh. hop on the Game Time app if you're thinking about going. Get down there, get, get in loud. That get in that building, pack that building, get loud. Um, let's make it a memorable one. Hit that like button on the way out, everybody. Let's go.